0: it's time for Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here is your host, the voice of the Tigers, Dave Wolocean.
1: Sunshine I see outside. Oh, is that nice. I started building a an ark yesterday. What a bleak, lousy day yesterday was. But gorgeous today, that is for sure. Um, I guess this is going to be the story of the rest of you there with the Memphis Grizzlies. Man, they fight. They give it all they got with 10-day contract guys. Um, new signings. Have you ever seen, seriously, I've never seen this, and I'm a lot older than you, Zach Boyd. I've been watching the NBA since I was a kid, so we're talking 60-some years ago. I don't believe in the NBA I have ever seen a 14-10 fourth quarter. And the team that scored 10 won the game. Have you ever seen twenty-four points in a quarter combine both teams in the NBA? No. Crazy. That's what professional
2: so bucket getters in the NBA. This is,
1: this is why we love sports, because you never know what's gonna happen. How can two professional teams, well, and especially the, the Pelicans? I mean, they got their they got their stars out there and they scored ten points in the fourth quarter. My goodness, that, that is—but they won! So the Grizz now have lost nine games in a row. Oof, that hurts. But let's face it, they're packing it in, they're punting, as the columnist said, and they, I think, will be a really good team next year, but you're just going to—if you're— Season ticket holder, go for the entertainment value of it. You're out on the town, downtown. Enjoy that. Enjoy the stars from the opposition. Enjoy Triple J for as long as they keep him. I hear some people go, "Well, they'll shut him down." I hope they don't. For the sake of the season ticket holders, they'll not play Marcus Smart anymore. I hope they do because the, the the fans have bought tickets. You won't you won't see Bain come back. I hope they do. Fans should get to see some wins. I don't think you can tank enough to get to the very bottom. I think they're in, in most of these mocks they're at 6 in the in the NBA draft lottery. That that's without the ping pong balls. But 14-10 fourth quarter. Wow. Uh, pretty crazy. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, he, Utah Watanabe, man, come on. Nice to see him again. He had a good, strong fourth quarter, right? Grizz did did get a nice performance from Triple J at 22. Um, I think Vince Williams had 12. Kennard had 12. I mean, it was a low-scoring game, so you're not going to see a whole bunch. They'll host Houston on Wednesday. Here's um something I was kind of confused about. And that is G.G. Jackson. He just signs a contract, right? He's now in the game. He's going to be a major league player. He's an NBA roster guy. He is a four-year deal. And he gets suspended for a game for team violations right off the bat? What did he do, play one or two games where he was on the roster as a NBA guy, not a two-way guy, and get suspended? He, by the way, had already been fined four other times. So this is why he had fallen to the second round. It's because he's he's very young and apparently he's immature. Because if you're fined four times, it's the fifth gets you suspended for one game. After you've been given the reward for being a hardworking player, you get the NBA contract. What did he do? Can't can't be that grievous or it would be more than a one-game suspension. Do you, Zach Boyd, have any idea? Because you do a lot with the
2: Grizz. you have any idea what G.G. Jackson did to earn
1: a one-game suspension?
2: I don't know exactly what he did, but as far as like the suspension itself, because I, th- I think the organization in itself, they've been dealing with a lot of, you know, off the court type of foolishness, I guess you could say. So like the suspension in itself, I'm fine with it. You know, I'm fine with this because in, in years past, because, you know, Ja had, I guess, similar incidents that came up uh, before he got his 25 games from the NBA where the Grizzlies could have done something to kind of like, hey, stop this. So, I'm fine with the suspension. Just like let him know, like yo, like you're gonna you're looking like one of them dudes in the NBA right well, now. You gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta yeah. tighten this up a little bit.
1: Well, first of all, he's 19, right? 19 with a lot of money and fame, and a lot of people trying to join the posse. If you get my my drift, a lot of people want to join that social club because you're in, you're the ticket, and people tell you you're the ticket. The The scary thing for me is, you know how they used to say, one, two, three strikes, you're out? This guy got five strikes. The fifth strike was a one-game suspension. Now, you hope, you hope that he learns from this. I really do. Because he obviously could be the wild card as a part of this core. We all talk about the core being Bain, Morant, obviously, and Triple J, That's a heck of a trio. But here's a guy who might have been one of the top two or three picks had he not reclassified and gone and been a good citizen, say, at his original school in North Carolina as opposed to South Carolina. It might be a different story. I mean, this guy might be one, two, or three in this year's draft. So he's the wild card that you just signed for nothing in NBA terms if he can be a good citizen. That's the question. We got uh, our good friend Mike DeCoursey, the Hall of Famer from the Sporting News, coming your way momentarily. Have the Tigers shifted? Are they getting better? I think they are. We'll get a sense of that from Mike DeCourcy, And we'll also talk a little bit about the new release that's coming out. And, uh Bill Self got ejected last night, just the second time in his career. 33 teams now this year have been home teams, and they're unranked, and they have beaten ranked teams. I don't know if I've ever seen that many in one year. We'll ask Mike DeCourcy in a minute. Mike is brought to you in, by their our good friends from the Memphis – tourism and sports council nobody brings more events than kevin kane jj greer all of that group they bring them by the millions <laughs> yeah that that that's just the truth really they tourism in memphis and shelby county's big business you you know the latest figures show that Annual spending is almost $4 billion by visitors in our community. That's over $100 million in local tax collections alone. It grows every year. The tourism and hospitality industry is vital to ensuring the continued growth and success of our local economy. Memphis Tourism and the Memphis Sports Council, that's a winning combination working year-round. They bring visitors and sporting events, especially that new sports event center at Tiger Lane, to the community that helps fan the flames of economic development in Memphis and Shelby County. And they bring you, every week, the one and only Hall of Famer, Mike deCourcy Mike DeCourcy, you said it yourself a few weeks ago. It was reiterated, by the way, by Perry Clark, who's now being uh, an ESPN color analyst and, of course, former coach, there's no really big gun. There's no, what did he say, studs uh, that are out there. And I, I think proof of that is 33 ranked teams on the road this year have fallen to unranked teams. Last night, Kansas was the last one to go down. Good morning. Good morning. Pretty impressive, these unranked teams. Well, I, I I think it's probably the more that the ranked teams are unimpressive.
3: Uh, it 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 was something that I detected fairly early in this season. I think that Connecticut and Purdue are 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 very you know they're very very good college basketball teams by the standards of any season. They've got the each team has a lot of the going for it. And when I say any season, I mean any season probably in the twenty first century. They're gonna, those teams would be very good in pretty much every year. Uh, it's not great. Uh, greatness, what, soon to be established, but, or possibly to be established, but you can't, get, you can't be great because you win 20, uh, 20 regular season games. You, you get great by what you do in March. And so we'll see whether either of those teams fits the category. But they're both exceptional teams. But beyond that, there are there are just teams that are very good and, and, and better than most, but highly beatable. And Tennessee's lost over the weekend. To, to to lose to Texas A&M, okay, we they're on the road. They could lose to a team that's a tournament-worthy team. But they, they were never in it. Just as Kansas was not last night, they were never in it. And I wouldn't have expected a team that defends as well as Tennessee to ever be fully out of a game until maybe they get desperate at the end. But they were never in that game. And that's that's just the kind of thing that I – it's hard for me to understand how that works this season, that we have so many games that are so lopsided in so many circumstances.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just shocked with Kentucky, personally. They've lost three games in a row at home, and the last one lopsided, like you just said, to a less – than uh, usual Gonzaga team.
3: Why would you say it was lopsided? I mean, they had a shot at the end that if they hadn't tried to make the most curious pass that I've seen this season, uh, where uh, where their freshman Shepard tried to throw a pass at the opposite post to a to a to a relatively non offensive player, uh, they would they had, they could have they could have tied or won the game there. Uh, so I don't. I don't know that I would say it was lopsided, but it certainly was uh, a you know a important win for the Sag.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, uh, I I I sort of misread that score uh, as I was going through it, um, but it's it, it's it's shocking to me that that Kentucky, which is still ranked, would lose to a <laughs> uh, a, a, a third straight game at home into a a, a non conference foe, and he likes those February non conference games. Uh, and I like those myself. I think it prepares you for later in the year. And, and on paper, that's a really competitive game. But uh, to lose to that team as your third in a row, um, with with Cal teams usually getting better, I think, toward the end of the year, I, I was just surprised at it.
3: Yeah, this team is having a really hard time defending, Dave. I mean, an epically hard time defending. and the 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 players who are not good defenders seem disinclined to to engage in that in that element of the game because anybody can be a passable defender and they're not getting passable defense out of most players and the guys who are designed to be good defenders are consistently uh, are consistently failing at being in the right position now some of that may be related to where their teammates are and they're, where they feel compelled to cover or whatever but they, they make a lot of mental errors defensively. Uh, there, there was one against Florida when they had the game one. Uh, and it was a lot like 2008, uh, obviously not as great a consequence, but they had the game one, and they were they, they were up three, and, and Florida had the ball with six seconds left, and there was a question of whether they might foul or not. Well, if somebody would have had to been near the shooter to have a shot at fouling, instead they were all guarding the lane because, goodness knows, you don't want to win by only a point, Dave. You, you know, right. I mean, I, I, why is anybody in the lane? There's nothing bad that's going to happen to you if the ball gets to the rim. But players don't always think, hey, you know, all the bad stuff happens out on the perimeter, and you should stay home there. And if they want to go past me and dunk it, put on a little show, go ahead, we'll take the W. Um, You
1: you wrote I, I guess it was today or yesterday about the your 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 new top 12 and the reveal that is coming yeah give me give me this is, is this reveal is this ESPN um putting together it, it works no. so well for the college football playoff that this is a good programming uh and good pub for for college yeah. yes yes it, it
3: was it, it so was, ESPN's not involved but uh this this was something that they took from the football they thought it it, that it uh did work well and for those of us who do what i do uh with the brackets it's very helpful because we can go by what the standard committee has thought and we're you know if you look at all the brackets there's a similarity to most of them they're not identical uh but there's a similarity and i could tell you we come by that similarity Uh, i well i don't and i'm sure that joe and uh and Jerry and, and, and lots of others don't, like, gr- check other brackets, say, oh, he has him as a six, I better have him as a six. I mean, none of us does that. Uh, but I can say that when we get the reveal, the, the, the uh, preview, whatever you want to call it, on Saturday, we get a window into the mind of right. this committee. What do they value? What do they think is important? What are they willing to overlook? Like South Carolina. Will they be a top-four seed? They're leading the SEC. Uh, they have a, a tremendous record in a league that is one of the best, if not the best, in college basketball this year. And so it, it, do they overlook the fact that their, their predictive metrics are, are, by the standards of a team with their record, poor? Uh, how, how much are they willing to overlook it? So will they be on the board of, because they only do the top-four seed? What goes beyond that is, is Jerry Palm filling it in Jerry does a very nice job, so there's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't tell you what the committee's thinking. What what will tell you what the committee's thinking is, and I think South Carolina is the number one test case for this weekend, also Alabama. Uh, The the SEC seems to be like the central for this because out of conference, Auburn did nothing. Alabama tried but didn't get anything done, and South Carolina did okay but not enough to really uh, register great, but then again, whatever they did, their predictive metrics because they don't beat people by a lot uh, they don't re- they don't register so the how how they treat the SDC will be very very intriguing you know very revealing and uh, so I'm looking forward to it for that reason
1: uh, I, me too you get a sense and obviously this should be like the top three seeds right that's what you're you're gonna see with the top 12
3: top, but yeah they'll, they'll do the top four uh, I do I do the Oh, I thought thought they were doing 12. 12. No, no. I do the 12 every Monday because it's alliterative, because he doesn't. If it was, you know, if if, if 16 was alliterative, then we would do that. But my name isn't Smith, so that's why we do 12.
1: So if it it was Firth, it might be the Firth 13, something like that? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, well... You're, you're twelve. You, uh, you you just did it yesterday. So that obviously is February the the twelfth. How close will it be when, or how good do you feel about those those top three seeds uh, for a month from now? Uh, you know I will tell you that
3: historically, when the bracket when the when the committee does their deal, it doesn't change a lot. Usually, three teams maybe change out of the sixteen ballpark. You know, obviously, every year can be different. They could, and this year may be a lot different because if you look at those three, four, and five lines, they're constantly losing, con, you know, constantly winning, constantly. You know, There's, they're, they're as inconsistent at, on the three, four, and five lines this year almost as the bubble teams are. So. It, 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 we could see more movement this year than normal, but traditionally it's been somewhere around three to four teams that have, that have moved out and others have moved in. And generally the, the highest seeds are very close to the top. I, 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 it's highly unlikely that Purdue and, and, and Connecticut will not be number one seeds in this tournament. I mean, they, each of them would have to probably lose four games, and each of them only has... Two, I think two Purdue, losses. Think, yeah, each of them has two losses to date, and only and I think I think Purdue at this stage has eight games left, so they have to lose half their game. That's just not what they've been. It would take some sort of uh, injury or something like that. I, I think Both that. you
1: kind of Purdue have to have sub. So you can't play more than thirty one, can you? Regular season uh, games.
3: I, I think it depends on the nature of your uh, MPE. I think. Yeah, I, um, I could sworn... Purdue maybe maybe I did that math when. Uh, when I when we were doing a different show, maybe it was pre-Indiana, so they may be down to seven yeah, games, so they would have to go under 500.
1: Yeah, I, I think most of these teams are down to seven games remaining. I know the Tigers yeah. have only three home games remaining, uh, and I know they're playing 31 regular season games, and I thought even with the add-ons, that was your max. Um, Houston and Marquette, will they be one seeds? Because they are consensus three and four in both AP and, co- and coaches.
3: Marquette, probably not, uh, because they have to play Connecticut still. Um, and what you, what you see with, the, with most brackets is Houston has won, um, although it'll be interesting to see because they have their final regular season game against Kansas, which has been abysmal on the road as we saw last night. Uh, but what if they figure it out or? And they also aren't healthy at the moment. Kevin McCullough didn't play at all last night. That certainly diminished them. Um, They're a team that can't afford to lose minutes from starters, let alone games. Uh, So that's a factor. Uh, How will Houston do in that game? Uh, We'll see. Uh, That'll be an important game for them because I think that Kansas is still in the picture if they can keep themselves in the picture down the stretch. And then Arizona. Man, I'll tell you what, I watched them play Utah on Thursday night on the Pac-12 network. and. And Arizona tried, I mean, not literally, but seemed to be trying so hard to lose that game because Utah did not play great. And they they went into double OT, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, in that game and got away with it. And then they went out and just smashed Colorado, which is playing for its existence. And they just smashed them. It was another one of those never a game, but this one was on the road. So right now I think Arizona probably fills the fourth spot for most teams. Carolina is still in the picture. Uh, They don't get a lot of opportunities to win big games because the ACC doesn't have a lot of great teams, but they still have a a road trip to Duke, to Cameron, that will impress people. So Marquette's in the picture, um, but it's going to be hard for them to wind up on the one line by the end of the year.
1: Uh, You mentioned how good the SEC is this year. I, I, I tend to think it might be the best conference this particular season. I, I'm just curious as to how many get in We know South Carolina, Alabama, Auburn Tennessee, Kentucky those those teams are getting in right unless something crazy happens in, yeah. and, and Kentucky yeah. lost the rest of the way yeah what, what do you do with with Ole miss? In the league, five and five, 18 and five overall. I, I, Memphis, we used to be a good win for them. I don't know how much that mm-hmm. helps. NC State was a win they got in the uh, in the non conference. What do you do with them? I'm, I'm assuming A and M has a chance to get in. Uh, they've well, won Saturday three in was big in a for out. them. Yeah. yeah,
3: Saturday was big for A and M for sure. Uh, they're they're pretty solidly in after they did that to Tennessee. Uh, everything's again. These these teams could all fumble it at the goal line. Uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, those are all teams that have the capacity to fumble at the goal line. But they're all hanging around where they need to be to get in. So, so how many
1: How many in your bracketology that you're going to release later today? Uh, how many nine. SEC? Nine? I believe it's nine. So right Florida's now. in for sure. Well,
3: Florida, Florida, by virtue of what they did over the weekend, I believe that was their second quad one win. Um, again, another team that – could fumble it in the end, but it certainly is is solidly in today. But it, all of them have have challenges down the stretch, and and the ability to not make it. But I, I, I think it'll be eight or nine for the SEC this season, and and they'll have they won't have any ones uh, more than likely. Uh, but they'll but they'll have a lot of teams in the heart of the field and and a chance to to do some damage because they have. They they have very good players and and obviously very accomplished coaches Pearl Oates etc.
1: Who do you, who do you rank as the highest team?
3: Tennessee at this point, uh, although they, you know games like Saturday are like here take it we don't want it. But um, but they I, that's that's really been that's not really been who they are for most of this year. The, the
1: truth is though that happens everywhere. Right? Let's go to to probably the next league that's the best of the Big Twelve and I get yeah. this quickly, but. Look what happened to Houston at Kansas, and then Kansas turns around. Bill Self gets uh, ejected for only the second time in his whole career, and they lose by thirty, or just about twenty-nine points to Texas Tech. I will say, Dave, that I feel like uh, fortunate that uh, that doesn't happen a lot in the
3: Big Ten. It hasn't happened a lot in the Big Ten. The games I'm covering are mostly really entertaining. Because if I were, if I, if, if we were doing games like. Uh, like that, uh, like last night's or the game like uh, the Tennessee game at A&M, et cetera. It would be frustrating because it, it, it's less compelling to have so many blowouts. Uh, it, it is hard to go on the road in college basketball. Uh, it traditionally has been really hard in the Big Ten because most of the arenas are filled, and it is. Uh, but, but there have been teams that have been able to get road wins in the Big Ten from time to time this year uh and, and when they when they haven't it's been they've been a, mostly close compelling games we've had i think we had a bunch of overtime games last week uh that were fun to watch uh i i i i'm surprised like i said by teams not not by blowouts in general but by teams like tennessee and kansas uh taking taking losses like that at this stage of the year even even kansas in a diminished state with no McCullough Still, uh, should have been able to be competitive with Texas Tech and was
1: not. Crazy year, it, it really <laughs> is. I, I <laughs> yes, just can't. I can't wait for March. I just, it's it's going to be incredible. There's no doubt about it. I just hope my Tigers are a part of all that. Uh, Mike, as always, we appreciate it. We'll do it again next Tuesday. Thank you. It was a blast, Dave. Thanks. Thank you. That is Mike DeCorsi, brought to you by Memphis Tourism and the Memphis Sports Council. Our title sponsor, you know it's Homer. Homer Skelton Hyundai in Olive Branch. They've got some new opportunities for you on a Hyundai Santa Fe, which is the car that I have. Uh, In a review, they say it's the coolest new family car. Go see Chris True right at the corner of Highway 78 Lamar. Chris True and Homer Skelton Hyundai. What a combination. And we're sitting in the Family Leisure Studio with a floor model sale still hot and heavy with closeouts on pool tables and theater seating and those spas like the four-person spa under $5,000, the newest in technology with saunas, the infrared, or you can get a traditional steam sauna if it's a floor model, 25% off at the floor model sale right there at I-40 and Witten Road, Family Leisure. We take a break. When we come back, it's the final portion of the NFL with Jeff Moore. We will celebrate a super, Super Bowl with Jeff in just a minute.
0: Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Wallow and Friends on Sports 56. Presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin.
1: Oh yeah, they were
0: dancing the night away
1: on Sunday in Kansas City. They'll be doing it for the parade again on Wednesday. They may be crying their eyes out in San Francisco. Now they've lost twice to this dastardly... Kansas City Chiefs team. Sad day amongst uh, this Memphis Sunshine today because it's the last time until next August <laughs> that we see the smiling face <laughs> in studio of Jeff Moore, our analyst on the National Football League. He always ends the week for us, puts it to bed, and now we put it to bed. Super Bowl 58, which I think in one word was super. Give me your thoughts on the Chiefs victory over the Niners.
4: Man, it was one of the obviously one of the best Super Bowls we've seen in a long time and and I was so impressed by both defenses in the first half. I mean they because they're they they had a task. I mean San Francisco had to stop Superman uh and then of course uh, Kansas City had to try to contain all those weapons that the 49ers have, and they couldn't. I mean, the 49ers, to me, had superior talent. The difference in the game for me was Andy Reid's coaching and Superman. You know, Patrick Mahomes, um, his play, his headiness, especially late in the game, uh, was just epic. Uh, and And San Francisco did everything they could, but you just couldn't overcome that. It didn't help
1: Kyle Shanahan's de- defense that he lost Greenlaw right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So they lost a player that was a critical player, uh, and and I I think Travis Kelsey took advantage of that, and that was constantly brought up by Romo about how how he used leverage against the substitute. Um, I, I I thought San Francisco absolutely was dominant in the first. 18, 20, 25 minutes of the game, they could move the ball. Then they hurt themselves on that initial fumble. Yeah. Um, And they took advantage of the mistakes uh, that Kansas City did, uh, of the mistakes that San Francisco did, more than the Niners were able to take advantage of any Kansas City mistakes. Like when they picked off the first pickoff this year in postseason – by Superman, as you say, Patrick Mahomes. When Mahomes throws that pick, they're near midfield. They get nothing out of that. And that that sort of set the tone in the second half.
4: It did. And and one thing the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid are really great at is halftime adjustments. You've got a 25-minute halftime. It's it's difficult to even, you know, stay warm and stay focused for that length of time. Uh, But they made the adjustments. They came out and they played better in the second half. And you look at the last four possessions that the Chiefs' offense had: touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal. I mean, they they did what they had to do, and you know, San Francisco shut out Pat, uh, Travis Kelsey in the first half. I mean, the second half he started to get a little room. It was just it was just a great game. I thought by both teams offensively, defensively, special teams. You got to give the edge to Kansas oh, yeah. City. They kicked the longest field goal in, in Super Bowl history. Uh they they get a fumble punt which was kind of a freak play. It hits the guy's foot unfortunately. Um I mean just just an ep- epic game. Both teams, you know, certainly 49ers it's going to be tough their off season. But they come back with, I think, a team that is going to be really good in the NFC. And and I like Brock Purdy. I thought he played great. Unfortunately, in the second half, they started to get with get him, get in his head a little bit and force him to throw on those, uh, on that pressures on third down. And that really, he was not very good on third down in the he, second half. He threw a little bit early because they kept hitting him. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and that's just human nature. I, I did. I thought he played really, really good. Uh, but did get maybe rattled there toward the end, and you knew, really, that the Chiefs had to do that because they were playing from behind. I mean, a couple of points that you make that are spot on. One is that the Chiefs took advantage of the special team's mistakes. That's eight points. The fumble punt became seven, and that was a freaky play because the returner is saying, get away, get away, and it hits the guy right on the ankle or the foot. Yeah, yeah. And it and and then he tries to go down on the ball, but it it, it kind of looks like he's trying to go and pick it up. It was kind of jump uh, bouncing up, so he's yeah. just trying to get a hold of it. Yeah. I can't blame him really. Right, and and so that was freaky. <clears throat> and then the missed extra point. Now that's really not. The, I'm not going to say that's the difference in the game because right. they would have won by one. No, because the Chiefs would have played it differently. Right. But it definitely has an impact it does. Uh, on, on the game. And then the other thing is Superman. I, <laughs> he he has to come back from being down 10. Then he's down three, and they've got to score at least a field goal yeah. to get it into overtime. So he drives them down, and they get to the, the points. Then he's down in the overtime, <laughs> and he marches them down and scores again. D- this obviously cements his legacy as one of the greats of all time. Mm-hmm. But but now and he's, I don't know what it takes to become the goat. I really don't because what Brady's got seven, six with the uh, Patriots and he's got one with the with yeah. the Bucks. Yeah. I don't. You know he's now he's a three time MVP. I believe Brady was a five time MVP. Yeah. I I think if 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 he wins two two more and is the MVP of five you can make the point because I think if you look at just what he brings to the table there's no question that Brady was incredibly smart at reading defenses and taking exactly what he could get and he had a great arm and a great presence and courage and never got rattled but he didn't have the athleticism um, that Mahomes has and that became important in this game because in the fourth quarter they say we, what are we saving him for? Now we can let him run. And he had at least 66 yards running the ball. At least two or three of those were for first downs in critical times.
4: In critical times. And, you know, he he, he has that it factor in terms of just mental toughness that we just don't see at that position too often, especially on the level that he has it. And, and you know, I, I think unquestionably Brady is the GOAT at this point. But I think Patrick Mahomes is the best player that ever played that position because he can do so many things. And the other thing, too, that I think probably he doesn't get enough credit for is the way that he wills his team to play better. And um, that's kind of a unique thing in that quarterback position, especially for a young quarterback like this guy is. But you can tell he's unquestionably the leader. And you can tell that those guys play because they know he's going to bring it, <laughs> and they try to do their best to bring it too. Well, I
1: I, I think it, it, also that the defense can take more
4: chances because they go
1: sorry if we blow it, we got Mahomes. <laughs> he'll he'll bring him down the field, and 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 they will score. And speaking of young and defense, do you know that's the youngest defense in the National Football League,
4: that's Kansas um, City? That's scary. <laughs> that's scary because you know this team. Hopefully, will come back pretty much intact let next year they've got some decisions to make here and there but this team will be younger and smarter with more experience next year and we'll just have to see i mean you just never know but if anybody was going to beat them this was the year to do it because they struggled so offensively early in the season Job passes. and they yeah and they finally kind of got it together i thought Rashi rice was outstanding didn't look like a rookie in that big on that big stage um And Andy Reid, I mean, I don't know that he gets enough credit. He's just a a, a guy that doesn't – he's just very humble the way he goes about his job. But his players love him, and he dials up some plays in the overtime and fourth quarter that just (laughs) – guys wide open. Well, he's (laughs) he's now number two in postseason victories, 16,
1: um, just a little bit halfway to where Belichick <laughs> is with thirty—that's how good Bill Belichick, who's no longer employed, uh, truly is. So that's that's that that is interesting. Uh, so you've got now three Super Bowls, four appearances in the Super Bowl in six years. Is that is that dynasty?
4: Yes, unquestionably. In this day and age, because. You have free agency that uh, you know. A lot of those teams that won back to back championships in the past pretty much kept the core of their team together. Yeah, they 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 lose their best offensive weapon to second best, excuse me, in Tyreek Hill to a, a year ago. Um, and they come back, they don't have a receiver that it comes close to leading the league in, in receptions. Uh, Pat, uh, Travis Kelsey struggles during the regular season, finally kind of gets it together in the postseason. So, I mean, they're doing it with moving parts where a lot of those teams that were dynasties in the past, I mean, they were the same team year in and year out. So, yes, I mean, it, this is the new definition of dynasty. When you when you have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and Travis Kelsey You just move everybody else around and you got a good chance.
1: All right, I I want to talk to you about the great storylines that you look forward to for next year. And I I start out with the most simple question. Will there be a three-piece?
4: Yeah, I mean, until you beat them, I'm going with the Chiefs until you beat them. And and I don't mean beat them in a regular season because they took some whoopings (laughs) during the regular season this year. You got to beat them in the playoffs. I'm looking forward to seeing... Coach Demetrio uh, D'Amico Ryan's—I'm not saying his first name right—continue um, with the work he's doing with the Houston Texans because what he did down there, I think, is amazing. Yep. With that the way, that franchise has struggled, um, and the Deshaun Watson debacle and all of that, and they get a young quarterback in CJ Stroud who has a great year. Their defense is great. They make the playoffs. I mean, so that team, I, I'm looking forward to seeing if they make a step next year. And then I expect these 49ers to be back in the hunt. I think Kyle Shanahan's oh, yeah. uh, going to have his team ready to play. They will have learned from these difficult losses, and I think they're going to be better. You know, the loser of the Super Bowl rarely comes back the
1: next rarely. year. Yeah, uh, that. So that'll be interesting to see what Kyle Shanahan uh, can do in that regard. I tell you, I'm looking forward to seeing – What will Aaron Rodgers do with what seems to be a disheveled New York Jets team? I'm looking forward to, because everybody has forgotten how good the Bengals were, who lost the Super Bowl, and a quarterback who's incredible if he can stay healthy healthy.
4: in Joe Burrow. Uh, How good will he be? Yeah, I mean, the the Bengals will be a good team again. I think uh, Baltimore will be good again. Oh, yeah. They've all got to go through Kansas City to have a chance. And and Buffalo, yeah, and Buffalo be good again. Um, you just got to figure out how to how do you how do you beat the Chiefs. I I don't know the answer to that question.
1: And then there's my Bears. Will they ever get out of the <laughs> out of the cellar? Are they going to keep Justin Fields? Have they given up on Justin Fields? I think they have. I I, I think they're going to try to move him and 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 get one of these quarterbacks. Who do you think? Because there's four or five that. That could be first rounders. Who do you think will be the quarterback comes out of this class? I
4: I don't really have a good feel for yet that yet, Dave. I mean, I I like Penix at Washington. I'm concerned about him. He he's, seem, he's listed way down. He doesn't seem mobile enough. Um, I, I I I'm the jury stood out for me. Caleb Williams, I'm yeah. worried about because yeah. he didn't
1: have a great senior year after he won won the Heisman. I don't know the kid May from North Carolina. I'm not sure. Uh, you y- you never know.
4: Yeah, I don't really see a game changer in this in this crop of uh, quarterbacks, but you never know. Like you said, who saw Brock Purdy coming? Nobody. <laughs> Is there a Brock Purdy? <laughs> Will there ever be another Brock Purdy? Yeah. Mr. Irrelevant to starting in the Super Bowl? And the kid played pretty good. He did. He did. And I think it's one of the things that I love about this game is that you just, you know, when when the guys all line up, it's the best players emerge and get a chance to play. And sometimes you never know. It's not where a guy gets drafted that necessarily determines how, how good a player he is. Um, did you know that Super Bowl 58 was the
1: most – watched tv program ever
4: that doesn't surprise me uh, due to the taylor swift factor uh i I believe she's brought a swath of fans to watching the nfl and it's got to be great uh for the league that she's there
1: i I got a stat on her i'm going to give in a minute and we'll talk a little (laughs) bit about those numbers last thing before i let you go what was your favorite commercial
4: Gosh. don't tell me it was homes.com because you're you're uh a real estate guy it wasn't homes.com i kind of liked the uh the commercial that had ben affleck dunkin donuts like, yeah that, that was, was my favorite That one me off, was too. it caught me off guard and it was it was hilarious i, I enjoyed that jeff i always <laughs> enjoy
1: chatting with Same you here. i'm so glad that you're part of this I, uh, next year will be how many 31. Next year will be our 31st. Wow, that is fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) Enjoy the offseason. We'll talk to you in August. All right, take care. That is our man on the NFL. That is Jeff Moore. When we come back, we will talk about uh, 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 Taylor Swift's appearances, the Super Bowl numbers. Pretty impressive. A couple other little tidbits. We do that in just one
0: minute on Wallow and Friends Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 presented by Homer Skelton Hyundai. Here once again is the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin.
1: We are... Brought to you by Homer. Don't forget, I got some new stuff I'm going to be telling you about the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. I've got two of them. That's how much I like them. More on that coming in the coming weeks. This final portion of our show is brought to you by Ken. Ken Garland, Custom Home Builders. Ken knows. It's a big chore. It is. Remodeling your home. You want innovation when you do your renovation right and that's exactly what ken does takes it from step one to step two All the he sees the little details the big picture you don't want to leave your lot you love it but you want the modern amenities he of course will build you your brand new dream home he's been doing that with his dad that company for 70 years there's been a ken garland custom home builders go to the website and you'll see what i'm talking about but if you want to stay where you are And you want all the modern amenities. Nobody does it better. Just call him 751-1632. He's fun to talk to you. He'll walk you through it. And then he'll give you quality construction on time, on budget. Whether it's the dream home or the renovation with innovation, your guy is Ken Garland, Custom Home Builders. So the 58th Super Bowl in Vegas was the most watched television program ever which I didn't think we'd ever beat the finale of MASH but apparently we have 123.4 million people watched that game that is up 7% from a year ago 123.4 million that is amazing well, what's our population in this country? I don't know. You don't know. I am I'm I'm I look I, it up I, I'm guarantee at least half of the, the the population of the country was watching this game. I don't even know if that includes what the the foreign uh markets would would bring. That is It it, it is just amazing. People talk about the Taylor Swift effect. Now, I don't know how much. I saw her at least one time on one of the CBS pregame shows, right, when she first arrived or whatever, got into the box. Blake Lively was there. Who is the – it's another singer, something Spice, Orange Spice or something, had the orangish hair. Her name is Ice Spice. Ice Spice.
2: Okay, She's a rapper.
1: Yeah. From New York. So those three were all, like, hanging out. Blake Lively, Taylor Swift. Where was poor – uh Travis Kelsey's mom. She didn't get invited into that box. You know that box I hear cost Taylor two and a half mil. She got it. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> That's Let nothing for her, buddy. Two and a half mil, easy. That's nothing. Um I you would think the NFL would have
2: given it to her. So No. No Why not? No. Are you kidding me? She brought them money. And they're gonna have to and they're gonna get that money right back from her. Well, She's made him money, and she's given him money. Yes. I, so
1: I don't know what she got in the pregame. And not, not 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 a whole lot. She got a lot of postgame, okay? A lot of exposures with the kisses, all that other stuff, which almost, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was almost a little too much. Too much for you? Maybe they're, they're – I don't mind seeing uh, public – uh, what do they call it? FDA, public uh, – PBA – Public display, P- PDA of affection? public display of affection.
2: I don't mind it, but that that seemed almost um, Hollywoodish. Maybe you got to give the people what they want. Okay, they got They got to have the 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 money shot. The well, kiss they got it. End.
1: They got plenty of them. She did. A, <laughs> she was kissing and rubbing on his belly a whole lot. It looked like they're in love. You know what? When you're first in love, you you do want to touch and hang on to each other and look in each other's eyes, I, you know. That lasts the infatuation period. So maybe they're still in their infatuation yeah. period. Here's my question for you. In the game, how many times and for how long do you think Taylor Swift appeared? You hear all these people. I had one curmudgeon that it was in my house watching the game who goes, ah, I can't stand this Taylor Swift stuff. Get her out. I think she's terrific for the game. I have no problem with seeing her and her good-looking friends. My question, though, is people making a big deal about this, what what do you think the numbers are for exposures in the game?
2: Just the Super Bowl. Just the Super Bowl. Kickoff to final whistle. Now, I know I know they were spamming her in the second half because the Chiefs were making their run. Uh, what do you mean when you say spamming her? Like like they were going to her, her box pretty much every positive cheese
1: uh, Maybe.
2: Yeah. I got the so totals. I'll, I'll I got say, the exact totals. I'll, I'll say oh God, like 150. How many shots? How many times,
1: yes. How many takes with her on camera
2: total kickoff to the... Last touchdown. Oh, like a, yeah, that's yeah. I'm sticking 150. Oh, no, you're way off. Yeah, they 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 want as many close-ups of Taylor as possible. I, I, I'm telling you, you're you're not. I'm off. Way off. Way off. You're gonna
1: be you're gonna be stunned when you hear it. Which is why I don't understand why people are making such a big deal. In the game itself, there were only 11 shots of her. 11 times during the game, they took a shot of her in the booth for a total of 55 seconds. That's it. Now, a lot of pre and a real lot in the post. But just during that game, 11 shots, a total of 55 seconds. But think about it. Each commercial, 30 seconds, was worth $7 bucks. So she got minimum $13 million worth of free exposure. Yeah. So the two and a half million bucks that she might have had to shell out for that She got her back. She she got her money <laughs> with, with exposure. Oh my God! I I heard of, there's a friend of mine. He's got granddaughters that love Taylor Swift, and he was he was uh, lobbying with a guy who's got some connections down in New Orleans and in Miami because Taylor Swift's going to be there next fall. And he goes, you know, I'll pay up to ten thousand dollars for these tickets because he wants six tickets. Can you believe this? I mean, that's the kind of money. Well, look, the cheapest Super Bowl ticket was six grand. It was nine and a half grand for the average ticket. Where do people get all this money? That's what I want to know. I don't know. Where
2: do people get all of this money? The real question is, can I have some? Like that's the that's the important thing. There you go.
1: There you go. We'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow. Tigers leave tomorrow. Texas two-step, not coming back. They'll be at North Texas, at SMU. Funny thing is, and and um, Eli nailed this, it's the truth. Um, the Tigers at this moment are 75 in the net. I believe SMU is 43. So that makes Memphis... For SMU, a 2, almost a 3. It's the very last, at 75, quad 2 op- opportunity. But for the Tigers, that's a quad 1 because they're 43. It's on the road. That's a quad 1 Opportunity. I think SMU will slightly be favored in that game. It'll be interesting because the line will be determined by what do the Tigers do against a surprisingly good North Texas team, and Memphis has to win the North Texas game to stay in the hunt to be an AQ. So we'll be talking more about that tomorrow. That'll do it for us. Johnny Radio is right around the corner. Enjoy the sunshine today, everybody.